In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Last week we saw the glory of God. It was transfiguration, that week that marks the transition from Christmas and Epiphany to Lent. There was the bright face of Jesus on the mountaintop, he gathering his disciples, and there Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, Christ drawing all of them near. But we found last week that the glory of God is not always pleasant, at least not the way we measure pleasant. It is frightening to be in the presence of God, up the mountain with the bright cloud and the loud voice. It was enough to make the disciples lose their minds, to go face down and not know what to say. It is mysterious, this God in flesh, this God who is like us in every way, and yet very unlike us. And more mysterious still, that this God is on the move, that he is down the mountain and on his way to suffering and cross and death. And so this Jesus we discovered is subversive. He did not come to advance your cause or mine, nor to coddle our society, but rather to undermine it, to destroy it, and rebuild it. He comes, as you heard in the Gospel for today, for His kingdom and for its sake. He comes for the good news of the kingdom of God, to bring forgiveness and joy. And if you will, He comes to use you which in itself can be frightening and uncomfortable. But the point is that God gets what God wants, not that you or I get what we want. This is what Jesus is up to this Lent. He is dragging all of it to the cross. The devil, the world, our sinful flesh, even the wild beasts and the angels who met him in the wilderness, all of them drawn to the cross for their recreation, for their resurrection. And across these 40 days of Lent, as Jesus carries on, everything is put to the test. In the Old Testament reading for today, God tests Abraham to find out what Abraham is made of. Abraham calls the Lord. Here I am, says Abraham. The classic Hebrew answer of faith. Here I am, ready to do as you bid. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Perfect, says the Lord. Now take your son, your one and only son, take your one and only son to Mount Moriah, bind him and slay him there as sacrifice to me. Show me what you're made of. Show me that you love me more than your son. And so begins three agonizing days of hell for Abraham. Because they were packing so much baggage, wood and knives and fire. And because they were so far away, 50 miles. It takes three long days for Abraham and his son to go to Mount Moriah. Can you imagine 
what went on in that father's mind. Can you imagine the heaviness of his heart? Talking himself into it, talking himself out of it, questioning the Lord who was his life, but now seems to be the death of all that he holds dear. What sort of glory could this be so frightening? It is the pagans who sacrifice their children to the gods to make deals. Not us, thinks Abraham. I am a man of the covenant. I am a man of grace. I stand by God's promise. He promised to protect me, to give me descendants that would cover the earth, and he promised at the age of 100 that it would begin with this particular son, that he would bless the whole world through me, through him. And if the answer is to kill him, what then? Like us, I suppose that Abraham could cheat. He could dodge or bend, drop out, refuse to go, but he did not. Instead, he did what is key for any test. He followed directions. With the boy to Moriah, take the wood, the fire, the knife. Bind the boy, place him on the altar, raise the knife, and then, after three long days of death and hell, Abraham gets his son back. The Lord provides, and it is nothing short of resurrection. And there is the joy of life that has been lost, and now life that is found again. What is Abraham made of? Abraham is made of what the Lord had given him, covenant and gift and promise. What is Abraham made of? Joy and faithfulness and life. As it said in the Old Testament reading, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Today, God also tests his son, his only son, and his son's fidelity and discipleship. By now you know the story by heart, that the Lord sends Jesus to the waters of the Jordan to be baptized at the hand of John the baptizer. And when the water splashes, the heavens are torn apart, and the voice cries out, this is my son, he gets his name. And the Holy Spirit himself descends, anointing Jesus as the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. This is the one who will die for his people, smitten, stricken, afflicted. And that same spirit, immediately upon Jesus' baptism, chases Jesus into the wilderness where he goes face to face with Satan. There, Satan brings to bear the temptations that are dearest to all of us. Popularity and power and compromise. Turn these stones to bread, he says to Jesus. Isn't that what your father would like from you? And besides that, you'll be extraordinarily popular if you do such a thing. No one, no one will reject a Messiah who brings free lunch. Better still, says Satan, you could jump from the temple top. 
at the prayer hour appear in the midst of all those pious Jews, just as the Old Testament says, the Messiah will come suddenly to his throne. And that failing, Satan makes his final offer, job sharing, compromise, more subtle and yet more deadly. To be sharing anything with Satan, anything at all, is to be compromised and so to die without the hope of resurrection. Satan's way was not the Father's way. Satan's way was the way of no cross and so no forgiveness. Satan's way was death for Jesus and death for you. Can you imagine how that Father felt? Can you imagine how the Heavenly Father's heart hurt? Can you imagine as Satan tries to break his only son and bring the cosmos down to kill his son, his only son, and that a hopeless death. But Jesus carries on. He drags it all to the cross, devil and world and flesh and even the wild beasts, that they too be redeemed as new Eden and after 40 long days like Abraham with Isaac, this heavenly father has his son back. What is Jesus made of? Flesh and blood and holiness and faithfulness and joy and promise and all for you. It is said on this mountain it will be provided. And now today, in these 40 days, God tests you too. You baptized. You are as much a son of this heavenly father as Abraham. You belong to this Lord, and he has given himself to you. And you too feel the test, but in the very particular way of this Hebrew word. To test in Hebrew means to take an arrow and shoot it to see if it flies to take a sword and see if it cuts, to take a shield that has been hammered out and see if it protects. To test is to see whether or not something does what it is meant for, whether the Lord can have use of it. And so this is your time, my friends. This is your time to find out what you're made of. This is your time, your chance for extra ashes, extra holy supper, and extra blessings, Certainly you would rather be outside somewhere else, at least you would at your weakest moments. Certainly, when Satan appeals to you in the way of popularity and power and compromise, these things dig deep into us. But Jesus means forgiveness. And so Jesus means freedom from the demonic self, and from Satan's power and press, and from all false steps that would lead us to fail and not be what we are meant by right to be. What are you made of? You are made of flesh and blood, but you are also made of water and spirit, and you are infused with the heavenly body and blood of Jesus Christ, so strengthened for the task 
so that the kingdom of God might in fact grow, so that as Jesus drags everything to the cross, you too might follow, that you might be useful to him and not to yourselves, that you too might be in on what he declares. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Imagine the good that God could get from all of you for his kingdom and for his glory. If you all would follow in his footsteps and live. A test that is faithfully engaged always has a happy ending. I do not mean that you always get an A, and I do not mean that you always get your way, but you do get what is best. Here there is a law word to break us from the illusion that we are independent or can make it on our own. We need a law word to break us down, to slay us, to prepare us for the gospel word of resurrection. If you're not dead, you cannot be revived. Here we need a law word to break us. You are sinners fit to be damned. And a gospel word, all of you, little brothers to the angels, sons of the Father, like Abraham, Isaac, and all who have gone before. And where there is that gospel, there is real joy and there is real use, even of you, even of me. How do I know? Because it's Lent, and the glory of God is on the mountain, the mountain where God always provides, the mountain that was known to Abraham as Moriah, and later to the Israelites as Zion, and now to you as Calvary, same place each time, sacrifice, temple, and cross, where lambs were slaughtered again and again, until the Lord himself provided the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who bore the chastisement that made us whole, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that we be at peace with our Father. A Father like that, who would not spare his own Son, but choose you, will he not also give us all things, of course he will. And so happy Lent and happy life for all of you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.